back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. October 11th, 2021. Introducing the Lightshed Earnings Call Scorecard. We are unveiling the Lightshed Conference Call Scorecard ahead of Q3 earnings because it is time to hold companies accountable. The value of quarterly earnings calls continues to degrade. Time is wasted on lengthy prepared comments including some companies that actually read their press release. What's more pathetic, however, is how companies control Q&A sessions to protect management teams from tough questions. They are more interested in hearing a shameless analyst gush, great quarter, than addressing the tough issues that trouble investors. Therefore, Lightshed decided to start tracking some earnings call stats each quarter. In fact, we already did it for Q2, and here are the results. The sample size. Our results for Q2 are based on 49 different conference calls in the TMT space. That could rise or fall in future quarters as our interest shifts, but this is a pretty good cross-section of the public companies that we care about. Our first edition is a little lengthy as we lay out the rationale for why we are tracking these items and caveats to the methodology. Feel free to send us your suggestions of other companies or industry sub-segments to include. Note that Netflix was excluded from this exercise as they did away with the typical quarterly conference call years ago, choosing to publish a lengthy letter and then being interviewed by a single reporter, analyst, or investor. The filibuster. The prepared comments of earnings calls are an opportunity for companies to control the narrative, especially if there are extraordinary items in the quarter that need to be addressed. This can be useful. However, Many companies abuse the opening remarks with a litany of useless details that could be more effectively included in the press release. The 49 roughly hour-long calls generated over 18 hours of prepared comments. The Hall of Fame. The table above shows the length of each company's call and the mix of prepared comments to Q&A. We sorted the table by the length of the prepared comments to underscore our point. These six companies kept prepared comments to less than 10 minutes and deserve our praise. Dish, Spotify, America Mobile, Radius, Twitter, and Roblox. And of course, the Hall of Shame. These four companies blathered on for more than 40 minutes, which merits derision. We were on those calls. There was no extraordinary event that required that much further explanation or greater wisdom that was imparted during these lengthy opening comments. American Tower, AMC Theaters, AMC Networks, and Cogent. Stuffing the Q&A channel with friendly questioners. Despite record executive compensation, many CEOs and CFOs seem too afraid to take hard questions. On second thought, maybe it's a desire to preserve that record compensation that drives these decisions. The result is a highly managed Q&A session in which the companies pick who gets a question and in what order. In 80% of the calls we analyzed, an analyst with a buy rating was selected for the first question. 10 companies took it a step further, only putting through analysts with buy ratings. Twitter deserves a special shout out for leading off their call with an analyst with a sell rating. Access-minded analysts are enablers. Sometimes a soft question is just not enough. Great quarter, guys, is one of our favorite analyst comments to call out on Twitter. We even produced a video montage to celebrate its use on calls. 
In Q2, that phrase or equivalent occurred 13 times. We should start to track if certain firms are more prone to its use than others. The light shed effect. We get it. We ask tough questions. As you can imagine, this has ruffled the feathers of more than one management team. We once got a helpful operator to admit, quote, the company removed you from the queue, close quote. That company was Sprint. SoftBank, the apparently oversensitive former owner of Sprint, won't even let us listen to the U.S. calls hosted by Massasson anymore. Disney did the same in 2015 when Rich Greenfield was dropped from being invited to any Disney event. Hopefully that will change with new management. Nevertheless, 20 companies selected LightShed to ask a question in Q2. Six of them had no formal LightShed rating. Looking beyond our own interests. LightShed does not have a monopoly on tough questions. And to be fair, an analyst with a buy rating can still ask a tough question. But let's take a look at how often an analyst with a sell rating was selected to ask a question on Q2 earnings calls. The chart below is simple. The bar height represents the number of analysts that have a sell rating on that company. The light blue section of the bar represents the number of analysts with sell ratings that got a question. And the dark blue obviously represents those that didn't. Our caveats. We obviously have no way of knowing if every analyst with a sell rating tried to ask a question. But we suspect if someone has the fortitude to slap a sell on a stock, they also probably register for questions on calls. We also had to rely on finance site tip ranks to determine if the questioner had a sell rating on the company in question. Some bulge bracket investment banks have pulled showing their ratings on Bloomberg to non-clients. Dish is the champ, AT&T is the scamp. Once again, Dish comes out on top. Not only did Dish spend the least amount of time on prepared comments, it also took questions from the two analysts who have a sell rating on the stock. Conversely, AT&T had six analysts with sell ratings on the stock, and none of them got a question on the Q2 call. AMC Entertainment also gets a special mention. AMC has 10 analysts covering it, six with sell ratings. Yet, they fielded only one question from one of the four analysts with a neutral rating. No one has a buy. They did, however, spend the majority of Q&A answering questions from 14 retail investors. Neutrals can be scary, too. We can run the same analysis for neutral ratings, but we thought it might be more interesting to apply some additional analysis. In our table below, we first calculate the percentage of ratings that are neutral or sell. We then show the percentage of questions from analysts that have a neutral or sell ratings. That differential speaks for itself. At the top of our list is WWE, which deserves praise. Less than half the analysts that cover WWE have neutral or sell ratings. Yet, 75% of its questions came from this group of skeptical analysts. And at the bottom of the list is Fox. Half of the 26 analysts covering Fox have neutrals or sells. Yet, none of them got a question on the call. That's weak. The interactive table below is sortable for easier use. Q3 next week. Q3 earnings kicks in gear next week. We look forward to monitoring these stats in real time on Twitter. Let us know items you would like to add for our Q3 review or companies that we neglected. Have a great week and be sure and check out the post itself for our interactive.